0: On today's podcast, we're going to be talking LeBron James to LA, Boogie Cousin to the Warriors, Paul George Stays in Oklahoma City, and a little mid-season baseball recap. All that and more on the Fumbling Punter Podcast. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, as always, co-host Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? You uh so it seems like maybe some news has happened since our last podcast. Something about some guy going to LA. <laughs> what Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, you know, that might be something we want to talk about. What do you So, LeBron goes to the Lakers. They've since signed uh Lance Stevenson, um Rajon Rondo and JaVel McGee. That Coupled with uh, LeVar Ball, Ball probably going to be around the locker room a little bit. That's a – man, I was just thinking that's a lot of attitude and a lot of personality around that locker room. What do you think about the whole move, Lucas?
1: Well, L.A. makes sense for him as far as his post-career setup and already having the home there. Maybe two homes if I read that right. Yeah, I think he has two um, homes in L.A. I mean – I think it's too soon for him because they didn't LA didn't have a plan. Yeah. If their plan was Rondo and McGee, and Lance Stevenson, then no, that's not a very good plan at all in my opinion. Now, I've read that technically he hasn't signed his contract yet, so he could still back out. Now that would be humongous news and he'd be a villain again.
0: I don't think he would be a he villain. Might want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't th- I think anybody would understand it. I mean, he's already taking shit. Like, I see people posting stuff so like, oh, he's chasing rings going to L.A. Like, is going to L.A. chasing rings?
0: No, not at all. I that don't is... think so.
1: Like... Going to L.A. setting himself up for his post-career life or post-basketball career. You know, like, L.A. is not ready to compete for a championship. And I know we differ on Lonzo. We do differ he's on a fine Lonzo. basketball player. And they have Brandon Ingram, who's a fine basketball player. They're both young, going to develop some. But by the time that their championship caliber develop, LeBron might be 40.
0: Yeah, man, I just – it's definitely not a ring-chasing move because that is – I mean, I don't – I think he may have a worse chance in L.A. than had he stayed in Cleveland. In Cleveland, he at least had Kevin Love. I mean, yeah
1: well and you know the thing is you can't win a championship if you don't make it to the finals <laughs> yeah
0: and i don't see any way if i had I was to guess
1: convinced he was leaving cleveland
0: yo yeah i was too and i was fine with that i just that.
1: thought it was going to be houston or philadelphia yeah or some dark horse team like maybe the celtics make a spot for him or something
0: yeah i mean that was those were the four teams that i had in mind uh what, where he was either going to stay in Cleveland, which I really doubted. I thought Houston made a lot of sense because, I mean, it's kind of a place he could have stepped right into. And let's be real. The Rockets, and I know Chris Paul and LeBron are buddies, the Rocks would have been smarter to let Chris Paul walk and sign LeBron. That is a championship team day one.
1: I, yeah, but I, mean, I think they, I mean, I think they, they could have made room for all three of them. And then um, you you look to
0: Boston, though, and had they, you know, moved Horford and Gordon Hayward or whatever moves they had to make.
1: They would have just had to move Hayward.
0: Yeah. So if they move Hayward, that was a team that, you know, was like what a game away from the finals this year.
1: Yeah. And adding Kyrie and, and they LeBron. they become the favorites.
0: <laughs> I think they're I think better they than
1: be, – They would have become the favorites.
0: Yeah. I think they're better than the Warriors. I do. I, I think that if you have – Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, LeBron, Horford, and that whole slew of bench player, good bench players they have, I think they're better than the Warriors. Yeah. And at I, least I in, think, No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I understand why LeBron went to L.A., but I think Magic Johnson fumbled building the team around LeBron. Like, they really needed Paul George to sign there. They really needed to have yeah. a chance at – Making a trade with Kawhi or taking a flyer on Boogie.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, they uh they needed to do anything but what they've done. Like I, I almost feel bad. Like, and I know that this was probably like you said, a post career, a family move for LeBron. But I'm gonna feel bad that LeBron James is gonna finish out the prime of his career. I don't know how deep into the playoffs he goes. Yeah. Are the Lakers as they are right now? We know we know they're not better than the Warriors. I don't think they're any way better than the Rockets. Uh, I mean, are they better than the next tier of teams, Golden State, Utah, Portland right now? Or I'm sorry, not Golden State, Oklahoma City, Utah, Portland right now?
1: I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to get bounced in the first round. I, I don't know if they can make the finals, though. And maybe there's some more moves to be made. Like, maybe they trade for Kali and and maybe get Dane Lillard or somebody. From I don't know. They, they, they can't be done constructing this roster, or it's going to be... I'm not going to say it's going to be LeBron's worst roster he's ever played on, because it's not. Because I'm a believer in Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, but... I mean, if if this was if you got Rajon Rondo from two thousand and eight, Rajon Rondo, oh yeah, I kind of like this team. I actually wouldn't hate it too much, but I, I just don't know what I don't know what their plan is. I get it for LeBron. It's definitely not chasing rings. He wants to win some rings, and if he wins another, if he wins a ring for L.A., then that helps cement his legacy.
0: Yeah, it does. But man, that's just like. I was cool with, you know, and I'm still cool. LeBron could do whatever he wants to do. He's a grown man. He went back to Cleveland, fulfilled his promise. But, like I said, I just, I don't know. It's going to be tough to, like, moving on from LeBron just a bit here. Now that Boogie is gone to Golden State, and I've heard everybody say, you know, you don't know what Boogie you're going to get. If you get 67% of what Boogie Cousins has been added to the best team in the nba yikes
1: well then you know two-thirds of boogie cousins is already better than the best center the warriors have ever had in their run of you know yeah. last four seasons
0: andrew bogut javel mcgee and zaza Pulichik or whatever his name right. is
1: so you yeah i mean he's already better and they don't you know they can ease him back in he don't have to be ready to play in october no he doesn't you know He can debut in January, and that's enough time to, you know, fit in with that team. He doesn't have to be a superstar. He's just on a one-year deal. So it's a smart move for the Warriors, in my opinion. They got him for like $5 million. Yeah.
0: Oh, man, if I'm Danny Ainge right now, though, I am just sitting back just smiling ear to ear. Celtics are going to go to the finals for the next couple of years. I don't think the Sixers are there. I like Ben Simmons. I like Joel Embiid. I don't think that if Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are healthy that they stand a chance to beat the Boston Celtics. And no. Toronto doesn't stand a chance, and neither does anybody else in the East. So Danny Ainge is the real winner of all this, in opinion. Yep. And, you know, we talked about Paul George. Paul George is coming back to Oklahoma City on a four-year deal. They made the decision, smart decision, two part ways with Carmelo Anthony. They haven't decided, I haven't heard officially whether it's going to be a buyout or if they're going to try to trade him. But either way, because of the way the luxury tax and the NBA works for repeat offenders <laughs> cutting or getting rid of Carmelo Anthony is going to save them $100 million this year. That seems oh, yeah. like a no brainer to me. Like I love Carmelo. I've always been, I mean, you know, Melo's not uh, an elite tier guy, but he's a good basketball player, or was in his prime. But definitely at this stage in his career, it does not make sense to pay a hundred million dollars to keep Carmelo Anthony. And I know you know twenty seven or twenty eight million of that was salary money, and then the rest was luxury tax. But it's just it's an easy decision. There's outside of the Golden State Warriors, there's no team in the NBA that I think is worth three hundred million dollars a year in salary.
1: So no, I mean they had to do it. It's I more, mean, Melo's still going to get his money. It's just he don't have a team right now. Where do you think he's going to he end up? up? Uh probably Houston. No, yeah, well, that was my Maybe guess. Maybe the Lakers. <sighs> I don't know. I
0: feel like Carmelo really really wants to win at this stage in his career, and I joked and said, ah, he might take a veterans minimum to go to the uh Warriors on a 1-year deal." I
1: don't well, know. Well, I mean, that's probably all he has to do. I don't know how exactly how I'm way better versed in baseball contracts than I am in basketball, but I mean I believe whoever gets him probably not gonna be on the hook for very much. So No,
0: no, I'm sure he's gonna wherever he well, signs. Melo
1: played for the Rockets last year, they might have beat the Warriors. Yeah. I'm just saying, like I think the Rockets could have beat him if Chris Paul wasn't hurt. At least that would have gave someone a score, yeah, Melo's not gonna play any defense, but my God in that game seven, the Rockets missed like twenty some straight shots. Yeah,
0: yeah, they needed it was Chris. Ridiculous. Paul. Yeah, they, they needed Chris Paul, but man, a lot, a lot went on in the NBA. And uh, Lucas, I know you're not the biggest hockey guy, but I'm gonna throw in a, just a couple minutes of hockey talk here. The Blues on draft day didn't make any moves. Everybody was, you know, kind of watching, seeing what trades they were gonna make because the roster was really depleted. They uh, they missed the playoffs on the last game of the season last year. Everybody was kind of deflated. I was deflated after they didn't make any moves. And then they went and got a center, Ryan O'Reilly, from the Buffalo Sabres. They brought back David Perron, who had they had let go via the uh, expansion draft to Las Vegas. And then they brought in St. Louis native Patrick Maroon, who's a big guy, big body. Uh, the Blues have missed that since David Backus left. So just here's my minute of hockey talk. I'm excited about the St. Louis Blues this year. I don't know with how good Pittsburgh is, how good Washington's going to be, how good Toronto's going to be, if they're going to be a cup contender. But I went from, holy crap, this is going to be a terrible year, to I'm pretty excited for this Blues team. So there's my minute of hockey talk, Lucas.
1: All right.
0: So let's move on. Uh, We are past now the midpoint of the baseball season, so that leaves us a lot of baseball to catch up on. Uh, Lucas, I was looking through the standings today, and really – I. You could say nine to ten teams in the National League are still somewhat in the hunt for a playoff spot. Uh, so as of, as of right now, at time of recording, it's Sunday. Of course, this podcast is coming out Monday morning. Uh, you have the Atlanta Braves lead the East, the Brewers lead the Central, Diamondbacks lead the West, and then the Cubs and the Los Angeles Dodgers are your two wildcard teams. And then there are still several teams within a few games back. Within five games, you have the Giants, Nationals, Rockies, and Cardinals in that mix as well. I'm sorry, the Phillies are the second wild card. The Dodgers are the first team out. So a lot of teams still alive. Lucas, we've talked about the Reds have played pretty well. What are your overall
1: thoughts up to this point in the season? Mm, Well, the National League, okay, first off, the AL is kind of the way we thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but to the National League is a much different than kind of where I foresaw it. I'm not saying I'm shocked by anything. Um, but you know the Nats playing so bad. Yeah, I'm a little shocked by that. The Dodgers, they've recovered nicely. I mean, we wrote them off probably in our last podcast, which seems like it was probably like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, we pretty much wrote them off. Well, they're back in the thick of things. And right now, um, according to all the reports I've seen recently, they're the front runner for getting Machado. Woo. Um, so I wouldn't count them out. Um, he replaces Corey Seeger very nicely. Yeah. If they do pull that off. Um, the Brewers don't believe in their pitching. They're a no. much better team than last year. I don't think they're going to collapse. But they, uh, you know, you just kind of feel like if they go into the playoffs with their – starting rotation it's not pretty no. i don't see how they can win a play a seven game playoff series with their starters their bullpen yeah it's fine but bullpens matter a little bit more in the postseason than your starting pitching does yeah but you gotta but have most someone to get you the, there and most yeah you gotta have someone that can get you there consistently and it's like you know and maybe these guys all turn out and throw gems in the postseason you don't know someone everyone has their first time of breaking out and being reliable but you ain't got – you know, the Brewers don't have a, a John Lester or Madison Bumgarner or Max Scherzer that is going to get you that first win of the play that you're confident you're winning that first game in the playoff series.
0: Yeah, and we had kind of talked privately before. Uh, you know, you said they've had interest in uh, Whitmerfield, so have the Washington Nationals. But Dan Duffy, I mean, obviously the Royals are going to be in pretty hard sell mode. Uh, of course, Duffy is kind of hit or miss. That's kind of the story of Duffy's career. But, uh, I mean, when he's on, he's a great left-handed starter. So Yeah,
1: no- but here's my rebuttal to that, just playing devil's advocate. I, I, I think Danny Duffy's just another typical Brewers pitcher if they get him.
0: Yeah, and he absolutely I mean, could I be.
1: Are you? Can you rely on him any more than you are Zach Davies or Tyler Anderson or – or you know, Junior Guerra. No, I think, and I told you this last night when we was talking. Like, I think they got to blow the Mets away and get Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, somebody's the got Mets to. Don't want the Mets don't really want to trade him, but they really need to and they should. And and the Brewers have the pieces in the minor league system and even maybe a guy or two from the major league roster that's not playing a lot. You know, they yeah. could. I think that's just what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, DeGrasse, you know, him, I would rather have him than Cindergaard, but the Mets should probably look into trading both of them. Maybe they could go after Chris Archer, um, which he's not as great as everyone thought he was going to be like three years ago. Yeah. But he would still be the number one on that Brewers team.
0: Oh, yeah. So here's, I guess, I've thought about this for for probably a week or so now. I think the Brewers, tell me what you think here. Let's just – Kind of look at this in like uh, the Royals aspect. I was thinking about the Royals the other day. So the Royals went all out, kind of emptied their farm system over a couple of years to make some moves to win that World Series. They got Zobris. They got Johnny Cueto. Uh, a couple of years before, they'd gotten James Shields to kind of start to get them to that point. And, you know, now we see where they're three years removed from World, from the World Series championship and they they have no top 100 prospects in baseball, and they're 35 games below 500 and just basically trying to get rid of anybody they can. So do you, are you of the sellout to win a World Series? And I think the, if you're the Brewers, you should. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, they, have, they don't have a World Series in their history, correct?
1: Mm, no, I don't think they do.
0: So I think if you're the Brewers, then that even kind of emboldens my argument of go for it.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to have to completely – well, I don't know. Okay, let's look at it like this then. The Brewers have very smart leadership right now. They do. Just like the Chicago Cubs and Houston Astros did. They had the minor league pieces to get that missing piece. The the Cubs went and got Chapman, and the Astros got Verlander. Like, the Astros still have a couple of – of guys in the minor leagues that are highly touted. They just called the Tucker up. Yeah. And, you know, and they still got uh force Whitley pitching high pitching prospect. Uh, the Cubs, on the other hand, they had some guys after that, but then they ended up trading them for Quintana. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a little bit depleted, but they're coming back now. But the, th- the flip side of that is all the Cubs guys are controlled for so long. You had four years to replenish your minor league system. Now that brings me to the Brewers is they got, you know, they got Lorenzo Cain for how much, mo- what they signed in five years? They got him four more seasons. Four or seasons. five, yeah. They got Yellick for four more seasons. Arcee is young. Um, they got Shaw for another season or two, I believe. Um, so they can, I think they can trade and get a missing piece or two and still have time to restock their system. Um, They've done very good job of putting together a team here that can win, and so I don't know. Like the Royals, it just took so long for their young guys to get to that point where they could win, and they did make a lot of trades. Um, What I'm saying is, I think the Brewers are a little better positioned to the Royals to be able to make a trade for sustained success. Yeah. Yeah and especially if they trade for somebody who's not a free agent after the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Royals did that a lot with Zobrist and Quato. Um, you know, them guys were just free agents and they, they moved on. Yeah. Um, But the Royal, I mean, and this is not being critical of the Royals. They did the absolutely correct thing in their positioning where the Royals messed up. was not trading Hosmer, Moose and Kane at the trade deadline last year.
0: Yeah. Which it's been reported now that uh that they the Nationals and the Cardinals have some interest in Mustakas, and so I think the Royals have to because they usually Well, their the Yankees are off-rock.
1: scouting Mustakas pretty hard because Moose has made his second or third start at first base this season, ah. and the Yankees are interested in acquiring him to play first base. Yeah,
0: so I mean, if you're the Royals, you get something out of him.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, the Yankees, you know, could blow anybody out of the water if they wanted to. For Moose, they're not going to for just a few months of a guy with the $5 million salary. But, you know, he's going to have some interest. Um, the Royals absolutely have to trade him. They should probably trade Perez as well. Oh, man. I, Royals fans not going to like to hear. No, no, no.
0: It, it's tough. I mean, that that's the guy who's got a controllable – you know, he's – under contract through 2021 and i think like his he tops out at like 12 million dollars in that contract the nationals
1: want a catcher real bad and they're talking about getting ramos back from the rays but if i'm the royals you know and they've probably done this they've probably called mike rizzo and said hey how about Perez for Victor Robles and maybe a younger arm. Like I would do that 100% if I was the Royals.
0: I mean, you got to because it's not going to be a quick rebuild. I mean, yeah, he's
1: such a highly rated prospect that's so close to the majors. It, you know, it, I would rather have him than four, you know, double A yeah, guys or yeah, whatever a- that you just don't know yet.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, but it's going the be...
1: Nationals. You're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. They gotta wait and see what happens with Bryce, but even if they lose Bryce, an outfield of Juan Soto, Adam Eaton, and Victor Robles is still a pretty damn good outfield.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So they're pretty, they're pretty well positioned. And you know, back to what we were talking about before, going on in the National League in the first half, or the American League and what's going on in the first half, it has kind of gone pretty much how we guessed before the season. Uh, of course, the Red Sox and Yankees are fighting it out in the East, but. The Rays are 14 games behind the Yankees in third place. The Indians have built up a 10-game lead. And then the Astros – Uh, are, the Mariners are only four games out, but the A's are six games behind them. And the A's six games behind the Mariners in that second wild card spot. And then it's another four or five games back. So, barring a collapse yeah. from somebody, I mean, there's the playoff picture is really starting to shape up in the American League already.
1: Yeah, our glaring our glaring uh miss was the Angels. Yeah, yeah. They started and, off well. You know, Otani Oton- got hurt. Well they just we knew their pitching depth was shit. Yeah. And they've gotten hurt and they haven't had the pitching depth they needed and Otani's not able to start anymore. I mean he's back DH and but I mean and that and then that hurts their defense because then Pool was have to play first base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we missed on that. It sucks for Mike Trout. He's having, like, the best season of all time so far. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our one glaring miss. The Mariners, kudos to them. They lose Robbie Cano and then go on a huge winning streak and just, you know, looking like a good team. And then they're going to get Cano back. And he won't be able to play in the playoffs, but he'll be able to help him down the stretch. They need another arm, though. Yeah. I think they'll probably be in the play for J.A. Happ or somebody like that.
0: So, let's take a step back here, Lucas, and I want to I wanna address something that I haven't seen but you've talked about on Twitter, the Nolan Arenado rumors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think Nolan Arenado is going anywhere. I think that the Rockies are going to probably make him an offer that blows him out of the water. Uh, I made the bold prediction the other day of ten years, two hundred seventy-five million.
1: I mean, it might even be more because he's going to be like twenty-six or twenty-seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes it, out. It could be three
0: hundred million plus.
1: Here's the—he's th- tired of losing. Nobody likes losing. They went to the playoffs last year, but it was the one-game thing. Um, but here's the thing: Cardinal fans are like, "Oh, if he's available, we got to get it." The Rockies are only a half game back of the Cardinals. Yeah. In the wild card standings, it's not like the Rockies are out of it by any stretch. Yeah,
0: they're 3 games above 504
1: games. They've got nothing out of John Gray who's got a ton of talent. Oh, yeah. And you know, I I I I it, they're going to throw a lot of money at him because they have to because he's pretty much the face of the franchise. Yeah. Him or Charlie Blackman. And he's definitely going to test the waters. I don't know who his agent is, but I'm assuming it's probably Scott Boris, probably Scott Boris. (laughs) If not, Scott Boris is probably trying to get him to switch to his agency. Um, And, but you know, it's silly rumors. They're not going to trade him unless they're, unless it's the deadline next year and they're completely out of it. And someone offers them a bunch.
0: Yeah. and, And they'll have to have indications that he's not coming back. I think, but
1: I, like I, I think said... the rumors are just getting started because of his like saying he's tired of losing. And I think that probably got a little more blown out of proportion. Yeah, with, I'm sure with what did. he said. And then with the fact that, and I'm not saying the Cardinals aren't making a run at Machado, but the fact that the Cardinals haven't even been mentioned in the seven teams that's made official offers Um, from that beat writer from Baltimore and then Rosenthal only listed like three guys three teams with serious offers and the Cardinals ain't one of them. So I know Machado was a fan favorite target of Cardinal fans and other teams have checked in from my understanding, but yeah. only seven teams have made official offers. Uh, so, so I think that probably just gets people a little antsy. I want
0: to, I want to, I want to talk about the Cardinals for just a minute. Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, uh Ozuna's contracts up after next year. Why? in the hell would anyone want to go there right now i mean they're they're my favorite team although the rockies are really making a push with all the bullshit that's gone on in st louis this year with what's going on with fowler why would you want to go there
1: it's a bad look i mean it it truly is a bad look and i'm and i would say that if theo threw somebody under the bus like that and he's had ample opportunity I mean, you know how many times he's asked about Jason Hayward the last two seasons? Oh, yeah. Or the U Darvish crap that's gone on this year with him underperforming and being hurt. Theo hasn't won every single time. He said, hey, we believe in our guys, yeah. which is what a leader should do. That doesn't mean he's got to be telling the truth. He's I... probably just as upset as a lot of Cubs fans are that Hugh's not pitching great. But, you know, you can't do that publicly.
0: <laughs> and let me, let me say this, too. I did my piece on Moe and Fowler the other day and someone said, oh, another uh, Fowler apologist. Listen, I told that person, just like I'll say now, I don't care if he was talking about Molina, if he was talking about Flaherty. I don't care who he's talking about. I don't support publicly criticizing your players. Internally, if you're like, if 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 there's truly a problem there, then you get... Dexter Fowler, Matheny, Moseliak, Gersh, whoever in the office, and you say, hey, man, we don't feel like you're performing and we need to see some changes. You don't go on Dan McLaughlin's pregame show and say, yeah, I can't defend his energy le- or his energy and effort levels. Like That's not how you handle that. Well,
1: and the other thing is, he said, I've got people asking me about him all the time, like what's up with his effort and stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. It's not a. It's one thing if you're talking like, "Oh, he hasn't performed like we want to," but performance and effort are two different things. Yeah,
0: I just don't. I've
1: never once thought Dexter, in his two years with the Cubs, had melded in or was lackadaisical any more than any other player. Players have their things where they don't hustle through first base or whatever. But as far as playing in the outfield, I've never once felt like he didn't hustle to a ball. I mean. If, I don't know. I'm biased because Fowler will always be a Cubs fan favorite. I mean, that's just part of being on the World Championship team. Yeah. 108 years in the waiting. And, you know, the Game 7 home run and just how much he brought. Just If you can't get along with Dexter Fowler, you can't get along with anybody.
0: Listen, I'm biased because I'm a Cardinals fan. But I don't think I... – listen, they're talking about Machado. They're talking about the dream of Nolan Arenado. If you're either of those guys, why do you want to go to this place where there's clearly turmoil, where the president of baseball operations isn't going to have your back if things start going south on a team that, I mean, I don't see them winning a World Series anytime soon. If you're going to be miserable, you want to be miserable and rich or you want to be miserable and winning, and the Cardinals aren't going to pay you more than anybody else, and you're That's not going to win a World Series. the only way they'll
1: get somebody of that caliber is they'll have to offer mm-hmm. more money.
0: Uh, yeah, an absurd amount of money, which I don't think they're gonna do. that's not in their DNA, but yeah, I just face the facts as long as it's not a fun place to play, they're not winning and why? Why would someone want to go there? I mean, if and like I said, I get it, people are too emotionally attached to the Cardinals, I guess. I don't know what a, what other way to put it. But if you just look at it as you have two job offers. One place, you really like the manager. You and the boss really get along well. The other place, kind of a miserable place to work. People don't like going to work. The boss is shitty. It literally, if you put that into perspective in your life, where, do you, where are you going to go work? All other things equal. You're going to go to the place where people are happiest. You're going to go to the place where you and your boss get along. Your boss has your back, and you love going to work every day. That is, I'm okay with that just because these guys make millions of dollars a year, I don't think that anyone should want to go somewhere that's not fun, that they're going to be miserable. So, I think I think there needs to be some there needs to be some house cleaning in St. Louis and I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about like Mozeliak has fumbled over himself so much in the last several months that I'm not I'm pushing the blame above Matheny. And you know how I'm not, I'm not a Matheny apologist. I think that Top down, there needs to be some changes in that organization going forward.
1: Well, I mean, I think you pretty much covered it. And, and you're a Cardinals fan, so people can't accuse me of just being a hater. I am, but I'm not hating here. I think I think they did Dexter wrong. Even if they're right in their premise that he is underperforming, and he is, you just can't do what they did. And that is going to hurt him come free agency time. It is. I do think at some point, Dexter I mean Dexter's obviously being punished right now yeah he's not playing he's not being put in the lineup it's you know and maybe and fine that's fine if it's a performance thing but he just got back to the team and he's not playing and after all this stuff it makes it seem like he's getting semi-punished um I, I think probably the best I mean I think at some point they're just gonna have to let him go or eat some money and trade him
0: yeah they're gonna have to do something but uh, Lucas, do you want to do some uh, midseason awards?
1: Um, yeah. yeah we can just go off the top should. of our
0: heads. We don't have to do anything set in stone. Uh, let's start with AL Cy Young. I'm going to take Kluber here.
1: Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Verlander.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: I I, ver It's going to be. I mean, spoiler alert, but it's going to be Kluber, Sale, or. Or Verlander for the Cy Young.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, National League, Cy Young, Lucas, you go. DeGrom. Uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'll go to. No, I'm going to go my buddy, Max Scherzer.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. uh, Um, You know, DeGrom just... He's impressive. He just can't get no run support. I feel so bad for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. He's in a terrible situation that would be i it would be good for him to see him go to the brewers or somewhere where he has a chance to win
1: uh let's go al mvp mike trout yeah there's just no other way around it it's definitely mike trout
0: yeah lucas who you got for national league mvp
1: the national league mvp race is wide open like it honestly is truly wide open um but, you know, I'm just going to homer it since it's midseason. I'm going with Javi Baez.
0: Give me Nolan. Yeah,
1: I've, that's fair too.
0: I'm, I'm going to take Aaron Otto. I mean, if, if
1: – I mean, that's probably more likely than a Baez MVP, but – I don't mean, know. Baez I, is just – he is one special player. No, he's not better than Mike Trout, but he's one special player.
0: Oh, man, I loved, love. that was my tweet of the week this week was that guy that said he wouldn't uh, –
1: That was the dumbest thing. That was one of the dumbest things I've read on Twitter all week. And I read a lot of dumb shit. Yes, I do. Tweet a lot of dumb shit. Well, that's the dumbest I've seen in the last week. Yeah,
0: I just wanted to show you it's not just Cardinal fans. It's not just Cardinal fans. Would
1: you trade yachty for Trout straight up?
0: Oh man. I would I would probably throw somebody else in just because I would feel like I was robbing the angels in that trade.
1: <laughs> Go
0: ahead and take Weaver or something. I don't know. What do you want? Like I can't just give you Yachty for Mike Trout. Right. But yeah. yeah. So uh I feel I feel pretty good about all of those picks. Uh going forward. I I don't know if I could give you a manager of the year in both leagues right now. Uh I mean
1: if I if I was just a Pluck a couple. Yeah. I mean, man, I was talking about this with J.K. the other day, friend of the podcast, J.K. Great friend of the podcast. Um, I told him, I was like, man, you really can't count Craig Council, but if you look at it, like, Gabe Kapler gets some credit too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, my obvious pick was going to be Craig Council, but, yeah. I mean, with the Phillies are, as of today, the second wild card, so that's, that's hard to pick against.
1: American League. Um I got it down to three guys in the American League. Oh, you They're got both two two rookie managers in Boone and Cora. Yeah. But if I had to pick the guy to win it right now, I'd probably go Scott Surveyus at the Mariners.
0: Yeah, that's that's who I would like to go with because I think that hell, I think you and I could manage the Red Sox and the Yankees to a hundred wins this season.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, And the Mariners, they got the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. Do they they really? Yeah. Since that year, they won like 116 games. So, if they make the playoffs, I would say Surveys is probably a shoe-in.
0: Yeah. Deservedly so. Lucas, you got anything to add before we get off here? Nope. All right, guys. Well, everybody have a good week. We're going to try, as I, as we always do, to get these out a little more regular, a little more fun, and uh, have a good week. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast.